You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolates here out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. And they have successfully, even though it doesn't really feel like it outside right now, they have very successfully made the transition to fall at Peterbrook Chocolates here. It was by there yesterday. You know, and when you think of fall, you think about maybe that little outdoor fireplace, that fire pit, and then you can do the s'mores, you know, and they actually have s'mores kits available right now at Peterbrook Chocolates here, of course, includes that great Peterbrook chocolate. Going to help you make that happen as we get into the fall months. I'm joined on the program, as always, by the way, by the senior producer, executive producer, of Southern Fried Sports, Mr. Joe Gaither. Together, we combine to form the 60-Minute Moon. Woo! Hey, Joe. How's it going this morning? Oh, I'm doing great today, Travis. How about yourself? I'm doing good. You know, yesterday evening, for the first time in probably at least a year, I ventured out to a local golf course. Hadn't picked up a golf club in about a year. And so made my way out to Old Colony, yesterday evening i was just gonna hit some putts i've kind of reached that old man status you know you go to the the muni the local golf course and there's always that old dude with the cigar you know on the putting green got a couple of balls and he's just putting aimlessly sort of wandering a little bit you know you're not quite sure if you might need to help him out make a phone call on his behalf that was me yesterday initially anyway at old colony golf course and then about 5.45 after watching all these folks go off and play, and the itch got me. And so I went ahead. I played nine holes. I was your last golfer off the front nine at Old Colony last night. Went off about 6 o'clock. Got pretty much nine holes in. You know, about three or four holes into it, I wasn't sure I was going to make it. I'm not in great golfing shape. And that's pretty sad when you consider, yes, I was commandeering a cart but I think I had some sweat, Joe Gaither, that I've had stored since about 2016 that came out of the old pores. <laughs> well, how did you shoot? Afternoon. You know, I didn't, I didn't play bad. You know, golf is, golf is, sick, is uh, wicked that way, sinister that way. And that I think bowling's probably one of the activities that's similar to golf, like you don't play or you don't do it for a long period of time. And then like the first time back, you do some things incredibly well that there's really no rhyme or reason to explain how or why you did them well, because you haven't done it in so long. Well, that was me on the first hole yesterday. I missed the green there on the par four first to the left. And I've got this chip or putt to the pin. And it's one of those you're short-sighted and the green's going away from you, and you got to cover at least half of the of the uh, yardage to the pin is fringe slash fairway. So I went Muni Mike, you know, because I haven't picked up a wedge 
in a year, and I got the old uh, Texas wedge out, the putter. And I hit this putt, this curling, winding, sloping putt goes right in the hole, first hole for a par. So I probably should have just went on back to the clubhouse, packed it up. Actually, it was a birdie. Yeah, should have just packed it up from there and, and called it a day. But I always make the mistake of soldiering on when I do that on number one, Joe. How about that? It's in the hole. Exactly. It, it was my Caddyshack moment. Gives you some juice it to was, get to keep going. Yeah, it was my tribute uh, on the 40th anniversary of Caddyshack being released, by the way. So uh, got that in last night. I think I dropped about eight pounds in water weight. It was probably about the total. Just playing nine holes in a cart kind of tells you the physical condition we're dealing with here with the old host. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to check in with us on a Thursday, we would love to hear from you. we got a lot of things to get into. We're going to talk with Cecil Hurd of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com coming up here in just a little bit. Man, hurricane season. I'm already over it. I know the poor folks down in central Louisiana very much feel the same way. How about Laura, man? Rough. Watching the Weather Channel last night into the early morning hours and throughout the morning hours today, uh, you certainly send your thoughts to those folks. And not to downplay the impact that this storm is going to have on the affected area, but there is a part of you, right, that you're happy for folks in Houston. We talked so much about Katrina, and it was absolutely devastating. I mean, it was generationally altering the storm there that uh, impacted New Orleans as it did uh, years ago. But, you know, Harvey wasn't a walk in the park for the folks of Houston three years ago. That was 2017, and I remember that because that was the year, that was a year in which Alabama traveled to Texas A&M. So, the oldest of ours and myself, we made that road trip to College Station. And so we had to go into Houston. We flew into Houston, made the drive to College Station. Great weekend. Had a great time. But it was easy to see the impact of that storm on the uh, the Houston area. So we certainly hope the folks in central Louisiana this time around and even some of the far-reaching areas of Louisiana to the east and getting back towards New Orleans, uh, you know, get through this situation in, in as good a shape as possible. You have certainly a lot of news on the social front in sports. Not going to spend a lot of time on that. You know, I will say that the postponement, the protesting, the strike, whatever you want to call it, by professional sports figures here in the last 18 hours, it was a strong statement. And here's the deal. If you're a sports fan who isn't happy with yesterday's events, and or you don't want social justice and politics mixed in with your ball, you might have to find another way to fill your time because this stuff isn't going away. With each incident that occurs, the blowback is going to increase because players have obviously found their voices, and I don't see them going back now. You know, I know there's a an argument out there of, well, just go get more players. Really? You're going to replace LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard with G-Leaguers? Yeah, good luck with getting the NBA owners to side with you on that. You know, and if you think college coaches are going to say, you know, we've got a talent like Zion over here, but he's outspoken. He's a real proponent of Black Lives Matters, or he takes a knee during the national anthem. So give us Jimmy Chitwood over there. You think that's going to happen? No. You know, if you are in that camp, I would say the NFL is probably the last bastion of hope for you. You've still got Jerry Jones, owner of one of the most visible sports franchises in the world, and he will attempt to beat back the messaging and stances we're seeing these days. But I'm not sure even Jerry is going to be successful with that. And once the wave of NFL ownership that does side with Jerry Jones eventually dies out completely. It's going to be an entirely different approach altogether. I know, look, folks have that fans have that ability too, right? As a fan, you certainly have the ability to boycott games, either through attendance and or TV viewership. 
The thing is, though, the TV contracts and the ticket prices in the wake of the Colin Kaepernick kneeling almost, well, it was four years ago to the day yesterday. You know, those prices keep going up. And you turn around and TV contracts, the numbers are going up. Ticket prices are going up. The things most often associated with demand, in other words, continue to go up. And all this continues to extend to college sports as well. You know, this Saturday at Tennessee, UT is having a march in Knoxville headlined by its student athletes. And Jeremy Pruitt, the football coach of the Vols, is actually shifting practice on Saturday so that his players can attend. And speaking of which, while there's reason to believe that there's actual compassion and care from coaches on issues involving race and that it is genuine. I'm not going to argue with anyone either though, who says there isn't at least a partial recruiting slash recruiting uh, roster management component involved in all this as well. I mean, in sports like football and basketball, the numbers are what they are. People of color largely make up the demographic from which coaches recruit and players again, more so than ever before, Understand there's power in those numbers. Between that and a wide variety of platforms players now have from which to speak, their voices resonate much more so than ever before. So really the question for me in the wake of yesterday's events is will athletes and their collective voice have more impact if they sit or if they play? Again, I don't think this platform is going to evaporate entirely if LeBron James and the NBA continue to sit for the foreseeable future. But I'm also someone who understands how quickly issues go from white hot to moving the needle little, if any at all, if there's a point where, again, there's a point where you risk at least somewhat falling out of this rapidly moving news cycle. That's reality. Now, if you tell me there's going to be continued solidarity across a wide variety of leagues like we saw yesterday, from the NFL to the NBA to Major League Baseball, then I don't think there's much movement that the move. I don't think there's much argument that the movement continues to lead the way from a news perspective. That being said, as soon as one or more of these other leagues go back to work, Whoever is left is going to give way to game highlights and sound bites. And just look around sports at what's coming down the pike. You got the MLB moving towards an expanded playoff season. The NFL kicks off two weeks from tonight. College football has games this weekend. To be sure, yesterday was a hell of a statement. As much as anything, it had this sort of organic feel to it. It was something that didn't feel produced or predetermined. It had a rawness to it that told you it came from deep within. And it's the sustainability of it that athletes hold in their hands right now. And how they choose to continue to shape the narrative will determine its shelf life and exactly how much needed change they are able to help enact. It's kind of where we're at with it. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Um, what about the Braves yesterday? You know, we had concern for the Atlanta Braves going into that twin bill with the New York Yankees. Uh, but the, the Braves did just fine with a sweep of the Bronx Bombers. Ian Anderson, in his Major League debut, outduels Garrett Cole one of the very best pitchers in all of Major League Baseball in game one. The Braves got home runs from Ronald Acuna Jr. How about Acuna coming back from the injury right out the gate with an absolute bomb off Cole? 470-plus feet. Dansby Swanson, Marcelo Zuna with home runs as well in that game. Nick Markakis back from the COVID list with an RBI double. Anderson goes six innings in a seven-inning game. He had seven-inning games in that doubleheader. Six innings, one hit. It was a home run. Six Ks. Now, you didn't have Judge or Stanton in the lineup for the Yankees. Still a very impressive debut for Ian Anderson. Braves go on to win the nightcap 2-1. to one. Freddie Freeman with a two-out, two-run homer in the bottom of the sixth. 
Max Freed goes six, your ace for the Braves. Gives up four hits, strikes out five. Braves improved to 18 and 12 overall, 12 and four at home now. Boy, those cardboard cutouts in Atlanta must be really doing the trick for the Braves there at Truist Park. And the Braves move back out to a two-game lead over the Miami Marlins in the NL East. Day off today, and then the Braves head to Philly for the weekend. So there you go. We got some Alabama football to get into as well as we move throughout the program. You had a full pad practice overall Bryant Drive yesterday. You have a scrimmage set for Saturday, and that's when you'll hear next from head coach Nick Saban. We're going to talk to Cecil Hurt coming up in just a little bit about some Alabama football, as you might expect as well. Sort of in relation to Alabama football, it's tough to see Xavier McKinney yesterday, right? Former Alabama safety goes down with a fractured left foot, surgery yesterday, out for two and a half months, if not more. Tough way to get your rookie season going there. With the New York Giants for Xavier McKinney, you continue to hear COVID-19-related news around college football as well. The offensive line for LSU, according to the Baton Rouge advocate, hit hard by the COVID-19. I guess you've always kind of worried about the guys in the trenches more, maybe, because of the physical and intimate interaction there at the line of scrimmage. Um, but that's the situation at, at, excuse me, at LSU apparently, as we move towards the start to a college football season. We're going to step aside to our first break. When we come back, Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com will join us on a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports right after this. A hot, humid afternoon, the sky partially sunny, a chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through tonight. The high today, 93, tonight's low 75. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a good chance of showers and thunderstorms during the day with a high at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolates here, who also sponsors our studio line here on the program, where we're headed right now at 205-342-9904. Welcome on our friend Cecil Hurt, the sports editor and columnist for the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. Cecil, we're just now learning that the NBA will, in fact, resume playoff play here in the next day or so. I got to ask you, because we all know you've seen plenty in all these years of doing what you do. Um, The last 18 hours or so, have you ever seen anything like this in sports? Uh, No. Um, And that's not to say there hadn't been um, other things that have been less important. But I think, I think as time has, has gone by, I think the, the, separation between sports and society in general um, has has crumbled somewhat that it, it's all partly because of social media partly just because of the times um, everything's interconnected now to a to a greater extent there have been there have been significant times in sports but you know whether it's Jackie Robinson uh, whether it was John Mitchell becoming the first black player in Alabama. Um, there have been important issues, but obviously there hadn't been, um, and there have even been stoppages when players and owners didn't disagree. You know, it's you know, it's amazing the the controversy stirred up by um, 
one or two games being missed when if there's a labor dispute, you know, they canceled the entire baseball season one year when they don't have a world champion for that year. Um, so different, different times, uh, create different reactions. But, um, you know, in terms of the, the debate, first of all, the ability to debate because of social media, um, but in terms of the emotions and the politicization of, of, Issues like that. No, this is this is unprecedented. But all times are unprecedented. Everybody lives through things that, that they say nobody's ever seen anything like this before. Yeah, to see it span multiple the big three sports like it did, and it had the feel, as I said earlier, of being organic. This didn't feel produced, Cecil, or no. sort of predetermined. No. Let, let me let me just say this, and. and um, I support the right to peaceful protest, and on a personal level, if anybody hasn't heard Robert Ory, uh, go listen to Robert. It doesn't mean that you have to agree politically with everything that Robert says, but he's talking about personal experience as a black parent, and I've known Robert since he was in high school, so that has a personal resonance for me. Covered him for four years in Alabama. Um have been a, a friend with Robert, truly a friend of Roberts, and um, got to see him at the at the reunion last season when there was a season. And um, yeah, you know, what he said was heartfelt, and and you should you should listen to it. It doesn't mean that that you know that's it. That's the only opinion that anybody is allowed. That's not what I'm saying. It's not what Roberts saying. Um, but just understand that people should understand that there are different perspectives and uh, try to put a human face on it and try and care about the next person. Um, and that goes in every direction that goes, in, you know, that goes whether, whether we're talking about what Robert had to say or whether we're talking about violence as part of peaceful protest, that, that's, you know, equally um, disturbing. So, so it's not one side or the other. It's just, you know, everybody. Uh, take a minute to to listen and to consider um, somebody else's perspective. Absolutely. If you haven't seen the clip that Cecil is referring to, it it's it's absolutely gut wrenching. It's absolutely authentic. It's absolutely from the heart. Uh, you know, Robert Ory puts it in a frames it in a way that uh, you know I, it's impossible to to sort of look away from Cecil and we kind of tie this back into, and you hit on this with social media, it is very much the hot take era of our lifetimes. Um, and when you, when you consider that it, it, it's all encompassing, just look right around here in the last couple of weeks and, uh, the loss of context or the lack of context in so many areas of how information is dispersed. Now, let's say the university of Alabama with the COVID-19 uh, spike right. and the number of cases that I know you've covered and we've talked about. And, um, you know, we, we get these numbers, but it, it still seems like we're lacking context so many times in situations like the ones we're talking about. I think so. And people almost immediately start to, to take numbers and statistical information and interpret it um, the way they want to interpret it. I, I don't, I don't think that there's any argument that that was a, a spike in numbers, in those numbers that were released Monday and something that needed to be addressed and is an important issue. Now, I'm interested to see next Monday whether that's, whether that's leveled off, whether social distancing has had an effect, um, whether, whether the mayor's actions have any effect. I don't know if it'll translate immediately on Monday, but it could. You know, I noticed Notre Dame's numbers, which were so... Uh, controversial people talking about Notre Dame's big spike in, in the previous week, and they seem to have leveled off the numbers they released today. So, um, again, people are going to use numbers in different ways. Um, my my general response, although I have to cover that and, and um, feel like the public should be informed and, and placed in the proper context to the extent that I can do it, uh, but again, it's it's um, 
you know, it goes back to a personal responsibility issue. Um, I think that I think right now that the the conferences that are committed to playing football are going to go ahead and and play football and feel like that they can can make that happen and um, people can then debate masks or death rates or hospitalizations or whatever. Those aren't really the criteria of having football in the ACC. I noticed that uh, the ACC commissioner said they felt more comfortable than ever going forward, even though North Carolina and North Carolina State have closed their campuses. Uh, Greg Sankey doesn't make such broad statements, but clear that the SEC wants to proceed and, and by, by, by golly we're going to have Central Arkansas football. Central Arkansas and Austin P. The Bears. Uh, the Bears, Cecil. The the Bears and the Governors. Um, Let's go P. Wearing off in yeah. Montgomery. The Governors have to be a favorite in Montgomery, don't they? They have to be. Um, I mean, I, I looked on StubHub to see what the tickets look like, you know, for the game uh, sure, Saturday the night. I, I wasn't able to come up with any uh, must be a hard ticket for that one, Cecil. Well, so. um, I'll be interested to see how many eyeballs are on it television wise. ESPN primetime Saturday night. Yeah. Just because it's full. And they'll get media coverage like they've never gotten before. <laughs> they, they I noticed I noticed they're not sending Fowler and Herb Street for that one, though, Cecil. I noticed that. They're not, although the, I uh... guess they've got BYU <laughs> and Navy coming out. Or Reese, I guess, doing BYU and Navy. Yeah. Um, or. Yeah. or Army or Navy? I think it's uh, BYU Navy that Reese yeah, and uh, I think it's Herb BYU Street Navy. are going to do. And yeah. I think Reese has got yeah. that one. Yeah, Navy's got like eight home games now. They've come up with an 11-game schedule, eight of which are home, and that's not including Army, of course, the neutral site matchup on that's an annual basis. Side. So, um, yeah, You know, different people are doing it different ways. Now, I will say this, you didn't ask me about this, but, but I will say we're still a month away, or one month minus a day now, um, four weeks from Saturday, from Southeastern Conference football, and um, I don't know what front it will come on, um, or, or what the angle will be. I, I think you'll see um, at least one more push from from sources inside the Big Ten um, to, to try and bring other leagues to a halt. Uh, I think that... Wow. Um, um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, there have been two or three, and you know what they've been and, and right. what the angles have been. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's going to be... I mean, I guess in, in a certain way, I get it. It's going to be tough on the Big Ten commissioner, Dave Warren, and the, some of the Big Ten presidents if, if um, football goes forward. And as I've said, I, I trust and really hope that what doesn't happen is that they're sitting there and hoping for, for you know, a, a bad outcome or a bad case or a bad example, um, just just for the sake of. of um, justifying their own decision which again um we are sitting here on the on the 27th of august and you tell me what's happened in the last three weeks that required the big 10 to make a decision three weeks ago yeah um but what what could i mean what what in those three weeks has been accomplished except a lot of argument and wrangling yeah um, how are how are, the, how are their players? Their players, how are they better off because this decision was made three weeks ago? Yeah, they still get to practice though. They still get to come to the facility twelve hours a week. And well, there's that. Just don't get to you know, play on Saturdays. I mean, if it's if it's if it's um, if it can't be done, it can't be done. You keep practicing to do it. So. From the Town Square Media Tuscaloosa Newsroom, we bring you live coverage of a press conference from Alabama Governor Kay Ivey updating the state's response to the novel coronavirus.
Our remarks, Dr. Harris will also provide the latest COVID-19 numbers for Alabama and the strides that we have made in our daily positive cases. Today, with the support of Dr. Harris, I am extending the Safer at Home order for another five weeks. As for today's new order, this will include extending our statewide mask orders through Friday, October the 2nd. And folks, I understand you don't want to wear the mask. I don't either. My glasses fog up. I can't understand what people are saying because of the muffled uh, effect that the mask have on conversations. I wish we didn't have to wear a mask, but um, we are seeing significant drops in our hospitalizations and daily positive COVID-19 numbers. And I have no doubt that this is a result of our mask ordinance. Wearing a mask is simply the right thing to do. When you wear a mask, you're protecting the people in your office, church, school, and your vulnerable family and friends. I appreciate the efforts of our teachers and administrators who are going to great lengths to keep our students safe. It's not easy to add another task to add increased sanitation and social distancing measures on the top of teachers' daily tasks. However, we should not be deceived that being vigilant against COVID-19 during the day ends when the football game begins. We must wear a mask and stay six feet apart as much as we are, as is possible when we are not mem with members of our household. Y'all, this includes high school football games as well as college games when they kick off their season. Because we must remain committed to defeat this virus until we have a vaccine that will do just that. I talked at length with Dr. Deborah Burks on Monday and she was very complimentary of how much progress we've made here in Alabama since our mask order went into effect. Dr. Harris will share some of those details. And Dr. Burks is extremely pleased with the progress they are making in terms of getting these vaccines into testing and trials. Speaking of challenges, I'd like to once again commend Tuscaloosa's leadership, both Mayor Walt Maddox and University of Alabama President Dr. Stuart Bell for making the difficult decisions they made as they focus on keeping their students safe while also keeping them on campus. Ultimately, it is up to each individual to do our part. If not for ourselves, do it for your family and friends. We all want to get back to normal and the way to do that means wearing a mask. This year has certainly not gone the way we thought it would. Our businesses have been disrupted. <clears throat> Our school year has been altered considerably and we've lost loved ones to this virus. Today, we are seeing the positive results from the sacrifices we are making. As Dr. Harris makes his way to the microphone, let me again thank the people of Alabama for your understanding, for your patience, for your support, and for your willingness to help us get through these very difficult days. Dr. Harris. Thank you very much, Governor. Uh, good morning, everyone, and uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, let me just give you a quick update on where we are. Um, at, at this time, Alabama has approached almost 120,000 uh, confirmed cases of uh, COVID-19. Uh, to clarify, that's 120 individual, 120,000 individual Alabamians. Those are not positive test results, but those are those are uh, Alabamians. Uh, we are just past 14,000 hospitalizations uh, so far, with uh, almost 2,000 uh, confirmed uh, and probable deaths. Uh, 
Given that, however, we are uh, cautiously optimistic about what we've been seeing uh, recently um, since the governor's uh, mask mandate went into uh, effect. We have definitely seen improvements in our daily numbers of new cases. Uh, the, the numbers of deaths uh, are declining. Uh, the daily average number of deaths are declining. The number of hospitalizations uh, have declined significantly and are as low as they've been since before the 4th of July holiday. Uh, on, on top of that, the uh, percentage of tests we've seen that, that are positive has also declined from almost 17% uh, in mid-July down to around 8% now. So all those are indicating that we have less transmission going on in the community. Uh, we believe the mask mandate is a reason for that. Thank you, Governor Ivey, for being willing to do that and for being willing to consider an extension of that. Um, that clearly works. Uh, we have not had new, uh, new restrictions uh, imposed on the state really since April other than this uh, mask mandate and clearly that is the first thing that has uh, caused improvement to this degree since that time. So I also uh, would echo what the governor said and, and would just like to say thanks to Alabamians for, uh, for doing this. Uh, we know that we're asking you to do something that no one likes to do, but, but I think most Alabamians have uh, done a great job in wearing masks and we would encourage you to continue doing that. Uh, make sure to cover your mouth as well as your nose when you wear a mask, uh, but we uh, appreciate your willingness to uh, do what it takes to keep this disease from spreading. Uh, we, we do want to remain vigilant uh, as schools uh, get back uh, with to face-to-face -face instruction and as uh, college kids return to campus. Uh, we certainly want to be vigilant about the potential for other outbreaks. Um, I also would like to, to commend uh, Mayor Maddox and Dr. Bell for what they did in Tuscaloosa this week. Um, I, I support that decision and think that they made a very good decision uh, in trying to limit the spread of this disease. Um, we know that high school sports continues to be uh, something that we talk a lot about and, and we have appreciated the work we've done with uh, Coach Savarese and the AHSAA. We would uh, hope that, that schools will continue to uh, uh, observe that guidance that's been put out by that organization uh, to make sure that we can uh, keep uh, everyone safe and healthy uh, at the same time as they're attending sports. I'll say that Labor Day is coming up and, and based on our experience with the 4th of July and with Memorial Day, we certainly do have some trepidation about what holiday gatherings could bring. Um, it, it is really important for Alabamians to hang in there just a little bit longer with us. Um, we really need people to be uh, careful about uh, mixing with other households. We need them to really be observant with wearing their, their face coverings, hand washing, and all those things that we've been saying for so long. Um, this weekend has, this coming weekend, uh, next weekend with Labor Day has the opportunity to cause a lot of spread if people aren't careful. And so we really want people to uh, pay attention and, and do the right thing. Uh, and then finally, I would just like to remind you that flu season is on the way and flu shots are available and we really want you to get one. I'm going to get my flu shot today, in fact. Uh, it is really important as we have flu and COVID-19 circulating in our communities that we have as many people protected as possible uh, from uh, influenza. So if you're six months of age or older, then you should get a flu shot in almost every case. Even people who are allergic to flu shots in many cases can still get one with your doctor's help. So please talk to your healthcare professional about uh, getting an influenza vaccine. Those comments from Alabama's State Director of Public Health, Dr. Scott Harris, and also Alabama Governor Kay Ivey from Montgomery, amending the Safer at Home order until October 2nd, including the state's mask mandate. We'll return to regular programming now and for the latest on the coronavirus in the state of Alabama and in Tuscaloosa. Log on to the new TuscaloosaThread.com. I do, you know, and who are pushing that, even though they're not directly probably involved uh, with intercollegiate athletics. So that that fight is going to be fought. Amateurism is going to be fought. Name names like this is going to be fought. All those issues are going to be fought. Um, but I think at this point, uh, you just try and there's a fairly single front focus, if that makes sense, on getting to the season and dealing with that first. And if it if it if you lost ground in the amateurism debate, you'll just have to deal with that later. I think I think the idea is that 
the amateurism thing is not going to get settled in the next four weeks, regardless of what anybody does. So if, if all the students on a campus on North Carolina state's campus are remote learning and the football players are remote learning, the position is going to be there. They're part of the general student body. And so that wasn't necessarily the position in May. Uh, but I think that'll be the position now, but again, in May, I don't think there was a tremendous amount of, of thought that, that, Students couldn't return in September, August or September. Yeah. Um, I think that, that changed over the course of the summer. But I think when those statements were originally made, and, and they'll come back, people will use them. You know, you, you never walk away from what you said. Um, but I think I think it was a, a two-front that they were trying to, to balance on two fronts. And now, um, I think for the remaining conferences that want to play, um, it's just an issue of, um, jumping that hurdle first and worrying about the next hurdle next. Hey, I got a kid over in Tutwiler right now. Doesn't have one uh, in-class class this semester now. Totally remote. And living yeah, in the I, norm, you know, so. I, I think there's a lot of decisions to be made. Um, probably not before we see the next set of Numbers, the updated COVID numbers that the university has said they will do, they said they update weekly, so we'd assume that'd be on Monday and see where the curve is. Um, and then you've got, and we've talked about this, you've got Labor Day. You've got a three-day weekend. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not 100% sure that, that um, every student will take a three-day weekend to, to – reflect on the gains and meanings of, of um, workers in America as Labor Day, I guess, was designed for. I think they may party. And um, <laughs> do you bring them back? You know, because I, I can tell you yeah. what's going to happen with a three-day weekend with those kids on campus. Yeah. They're not going to sit around. Um, so do you bring yeah. them back or do you send them home before that? Uh, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I think that's a decision that's got to be made. If you, How if much you, does the if, if they have a three day weekend and you bring them back and there's another spike, it's hard to say who could have ever guessed that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I can't speak for other parents, Cecil, but I can assure you that our daughter is going on a three day retreat. Um, <laughs> you know, she will be. Spiritual, yes, she will not be in that group. I can promise you that, Cecil. Yeah, and and Um, (laughs) there will be others who are exactly the the same, but there'll be some, and and I don't blame, you know, I'm not, I I, I use this, I'm not against fun. I used to have fun back. You're still fun, Cecil, don't let anybody (laughs) tell you different. Um, you, you, you make that trade-off. You become, you know, you, you get older and become an Maturity adult. Maturity is a responsibility. I'm the biggest, yeah. biggest hypocrite on earth to say I didn't have fun in college. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, you you deal with those things as they come. But you know, there are a lot of students here who are down from, and, and I hate to think about people say, oh yeah, they're here from Illinois, they're here from New Jersey. Uh, you know, they, hey, some of them are here from Huntsville, some of them are here from Mobile. But they're going to be yeah. here over the weekend, and the three-day weekend, and, and some of them are going to find various ways to to because for one thing, unless they extend um, the two-week ban, I guess the, the bars will be um, bars will still be back closed Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Labor Day weekend. So yeah, so we'll see how that all works out. But or right after but Labor that, Day. That, but the bar ban does come but with that final build date back, of back to your point, you know, back to your question. That's yeah. one of the things that they have to take into consideration on on whether they're going to tell them to go home or not. Yeah. Does the the rapidly approaching basketball season factor into maybe a a reducing of the maybe optical reduction of the optical concerns that? Uh, that college folks might have about remote learning and still playing sports. Um, I think that, that people first, people want to see what happens with football. Mm-hmm. Um, basketball, although there are discussions going on um, uh, again, 
um, as, as I receive admonishment from time to time. It's not all about the money, but man, that's a lot of money yeah. for the NCAA and the NCAA tournament. And, and I think most people want to play. Now, whether that means start Thanksgiving, start in January, start November the 10th or whatever the traditional start date would be. Um, what One issue you do have in basketball, I think if it's just the Power Five plus one conferences, but the Power Five conferences in basketball, I think the Power Five have the resources to, to go to a bubble concept if they need to. They have, they have a lot of resources isolate players i'm just not sure again um ncaa tournament money or not i mean your share is your share but i'm just i'm just not sure at florida gulf coast or north dakota state that they have the resources to do all that um what do you do what do you do with the season if if alabama can play how do you how do you pick a tournament if alabama can play 25 games and um, Central Michigan can only play ten. Yeah, what, what do you do in that situation where they virtually just play some conference games and have a conference tournament and have a conference champ? Um, and, and that would be, you know, they may say that their conference champion is an automatic bid. They're not going to get anybody else in, and it, so it's going to be extremely power five heavy, which probably doesn't hurt the NCAA ceiling. If it, if it breaks down like that, because it's television ratings. Um, so I think there's there's some possibility of that. Um, somebody had talked about reducing the, the tournament to from 64 teams to 32 or 68 to 32. Um, I don't know. Once you If you're talking about secured venues and, and having a place to play and who knows what the crowd situation will be in April, um, I don't know that that extra round, I mean, you're talking about um, it sounds like a lot when you say there's 32 more games, but it's 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 also it's one game per team, and and it's a site that's a running site anyway. So I don't really know why you'd need to contract, but what you'd be accomplishing by contracting from 64 to 32 if the 32 are going to do the same thing that the 64 did. Now, if you're taking all 32 to Indianapolis, I guess I can see that you know that you just can't accommodate 64. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's so many possibilities out there, that, and many of them won't be resolved until they see what happens in football. Yeah, and you, we we always talk about money, but it's so true with hoops and a direct impact on the NCAA for March Madness when we start talking about numbers in the neighborhood of a billion dollars with a B. Um, Cecil, as we let mm-hmm. you go here. Uh, speaking of college hoops, it's 1149. Can you confirm that Will Wade is still the basketball coach at LSU? Um, I can. I'm from a, from a, simply from an observer's standpoint and having, you know, watched NCAA dynamics. Um, it's obvious that, that, uh, the two sides, the, the NCAA, at least enforcement office. The NCAA is a huge bureaucracy. You have to be careful about saying the NCAA wants this. There are component parts to that bureaucracy. Um, but the the enforcement staff really feels strongly one way. And LSU, or at least Will Wade's lawyers, they're digging in their heels. You know? uh, the one, one thing I would caution, and Dennis Dodd mentioned this. You know, don't, 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 don't take your life on. Well, they didn't. They didn't. You know, the the Nike trials and Christian Dawkins and all that. They ruled that evidence wasn't permissible. Well, let me tell you something about the NCAA. That's not their standard. A federal judge standard of admissibility has nothing to do with what the NCAA says did or didn't happen. Uh, they they have a different level of proof different standard of evidence and so if you're going through this new process um you don't have much precedent you don't know what's going to happen um and you can't appeal it when it comes down it comes down so um we'll see i'll, I'll 
I'll say this for <laughs> I'll say this for Will. He's taking the Thelma and Louise approach. He's just going to he's just going to step on the gas. Oh, and if, if you're going to do it, he gets do to it, the can, If it, you know, yeah. he, either he makes it to Mexico or he gets to the Canyon Rim, yeah. and that's you know, off off it goes. So he's <laughs> he's definitely taking that approach. Cecil, as always, we appreciate your time, my friend. I will say this: it's it's about time to get that resolved. I mean, they they you would think, and yeah. and if it if he has truly obstructed and painted two conference seasons by his non cooperation, I can't think of what penalty would be bad enough. I'm yeah. not. I'm presuming they're. I'm going to give them the presumption of innocence. I'm saying, if that's the finding, then yeah. I don't know where they go with the penalty. And I don't know where the Southeastern Conference goes with any penalties after that. Will be fascinating, no doubt about it. Cecil Hurt, Tuscaloosa News, Tidesports.com. Thanks as always, my man. Sure. Glad to do it. There you go. Cecil Hurt. Always good to hear from Cecil. Uh... No shortage of thoughts there on Will Wade to close out the program. Which, by the way, was brought to you by today by Houston Hydrosteam, home of the Houston Rug Revival, 205-553-9460. Give Jackie and his great staff there a try. You should absolutely today. Houston Hydrosteam, 205-553-9460. Carpets, rugs, upholstery, tile, and grout cleaning. They can cover you from wall to wall. Floor to ceiling, Houston Hydrosteam. Quality work you can stand on. Today's lunch whistle brought to you on a Thursday by Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, there at Government Plaza. My great friend Frank, his brother Will, just outstanding pizza right here in the heart of Tuscaloosa. Government Plaza nightly specials starting at six. Uh, you definitely want to check out Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Thanks again to Cecil Hurt for joining us. Thanks as always to Joe Gaither and company for trying to keep this this deal on the on the train tracks. Until 11 a.m. on Friday. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. Thank you for 